0: Hey, people, you're listening to So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Andrew.
1: What the hell was that? This is my narration.
0: I'm the only one who will
1: just say my damn name. <laughs> Good night.
0: I'm
2: Garrett.
0: <laughs> Today on the show, we're talking about Sin City. Released in 2005, starring an assortment of actors... You may recognize, including Jessica Alba, Benicio del Toro, uh, Brittany Murphy, Clive Owen, Alexis Bledel, Powers Booth, Rosario Dawson, uh, Bruce Willis, Michael Madsen, Michael Clark Duncan. I can keep going. Mickey
2: Rourke, Nick Offerman, Josh
0: Hartnett. You know, I don't even remember seeing him in it. He Nick, was, Nick Offerman.
2: He, he was. Oh a bald no, he didn't stick out to me. Yeah like well like was he done up a lot a lot of makeup yeah he he was very he was very like covered in makeup
0: I straight he, up didn't notice
2: him he was the other dude in the ferrari no yeah he was very hard to catch but like i had to look for him but yeah he's there interesting so okay well
0: starring all those people and many more uh it's based or it's not even based on it. it's like a, it's like a direct adaptation of frank miller's sin city graphic novel um know it covers a handful of stories it doesn't cover every novel but the ones it does it's pretty pretty close adaptation of from what i understand now uh this is a tough this is a tough one um because it's different from the past movies we've done it's not like a, a it doesn't feel like a cohesive movie it's like several movies strung together or several short films strung together so that's gonna make it interesting I guess let's get into some of the things that that we do like about it. Um, it's film noir. I know Andrew's a big fan of that. Uh-huh. It's also, for the time, had some fairly uh, impressive special effects. I think it uh, broke a lot of ground in certain special effects um, yeah. s- situations. I want
2: to say the, the movie's probably... I mean, it's 90% green screen. Yes. But, no, it's a... Uh, it's actually very te- like even today. It's still very technically like it's it still stands out technically. I th- right. At least I th- at least I think it. does. It stands
0: out. I I didn't think it held up. Okay. But I don't like to, I don't I don't think it's fair to to judge movies often on on how well special effects hold up because it, that's not fair. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. But it it does show that not even that long ago uh cgi was not super great mm-hmm. um because there are parts where it's like really clearly green screened yeah, it, it, yeah um, there
2: there are parts of it that are that but could have been done but for better.
0: what it was at the time it's very good mm-hmm. special effects um and i don't it didn't have that insane of a budget it looks like it had a 40 million dollar budget so mm-hmm. it's, it's and i'm sure a lot of that went to the insane cast I would think
2: I don't know I think well I think how they cut down a lot of that budget was because Robert Rodriguez literally did everything <laughs> and yeah. you know he was I mean he was the writer I mean he was the co-writer he was a co-director he was the co-producer <laughs> he was the editor he was the cinematographer and I think he was the special effect uh, he was the music he was one of the musicians he, he did the music oh wow and he also was the visual effects supervisor I believe he did Dang. a lot of this movie
0: that's quite a bit. That is quite a bit. Yeah. Um. So I started. Uh, I mentioned the film noir thing. Let's go. let we'll go into that a little bit. What? Did, how do you feel like this? Uh, how did this translate to you as a more of a modern take on on film noir?
2: Okay. So what I got out of this movie mainly was was that it's it's not so much it's. It's not so much a like a new film noir movie as it is a celebration of the film noir genre
0: mm, okay
2: and I think that that plays well here because they're covering the film noir genre in in probably the most beautiful form you can think of and the reason why I say that is because they they do they do it justice. So uh, the film noir genre is based upon like the based upon the notion of like you know, Dark storylines, it's a very dark genre in terms of not just, like, thematic-wise, but also stylistic-wise. I mean, you can throw darkness in there as you want to. If you ever want to do anything with, a, like, learn about film noir, anything, this should be a 101. Like, I would, I would recommend this movie to just say, this should be a starting point, because... We we know a lot of we know a lot of noir out there. We know a lot of, especially like the '40s noir, and right? Have, the classics, yeah. I think you, is where um, most minds go to when they yeah. think of film noir is I older mean, films. I mean, you think of like narration, you think of black and white, you think of mm-hmm. expressionistic angles, you think of you think of just mystery all around. Mm-hmm. And really, what it's all about—not just those things, but just if anything. Noir is character study because we're learning about the people. We're learning about the plot. And most of these, most of these have dynamite plots. These on the other hand, we'll get into that later. Yeah. But really what it is, what I took away from it is a celebration of film noir. And that's why I appreciate it. And I, and I've, I've always appreciated film noir because I think it's just, I think it's one of the like, I think it's one of the, few genres of film that is pure cinema.
0: Yeah, it's uniquely film, I think. Yeah. Um, it, you can't really... It's di- it's more difficult to pull it off in a different mm-hmm. type of art form. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you could... And so this was a graphic novel, Sin City was, which I think... Uh, I mean, I don't... You. It would probably still be called noir, but it's vi- a graphic novel's visual, so you can put those stylistic choices in there. But like, if you were, say, writing a novel, I don't know how you would make that Noir.
2: so it is a uniquely visual that's
0: that's difficult genre to me because
2: that's difficult because like reading is so passive i mean reading is so active because you know you, you got to get your imagination going and Fair. graphic novels are graphic novels are somewhat passive because it's not allowing i mean you're you're seeing all these really really unique drawings in front of you but at the same time you you you're you're seeing this part you're seeing this part of the story fleshed out for you, which doesn't leave any room for you to, like, imagine it. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I think it does. Um, I often find when I read a graphic novel or a comic book, I don't spend a lot of time taking in the imagery. Mm-hmm. I read the words, and I look at the image, but I don't really, like, study it mm-hmm. like you would if you're watching a movie. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, th- that makes sense to me.
2: But if, if there's one other thing I can take away from this, it's an adaptation of... Of an adaptation of not only uh, graphic novels but just adaptations in general because it is literally you're literally watching the images come to life and I think that's I think that's special I think that's something that is you don't see a lot because with all of these comic book movies that we have now sure we have adaptations we have different plot lines but we're actually seeing The original source material come to life and i think that's that is truly unique and i think if anything if you take away anything you should take away not just like nor 101 but just really adaptation in the flesh
0: yeah and so what a what a great transition there because we we're going to talk about how it is a very um, faithful adaptation mm-hmm. of the novel. Garrett uh, just read the novels, or not all of them, but the ones that the film is based on. Uh, and you said that they're just
1: like verbatim. Yeah, before we get into that, though, I have a question for you on the noir stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I just on the narration part. Uh-huh. So, is it typical? Because I m- made a note that I don't have a problem with the noir stuff, but for me, it felt like they over-narrated. Okay. Because there's a scene, like, I didn't notice until the end, but I got frustrated at the end when Bruce Willis is like, a bad cough. There's blood in it. And then you see, like, you can just see that. We already know that you're having health problems. Cough into it, show me the blood. You don't need to say it. And then there's another part where he's beating down the yellow man or whatever. Yeah. And he says, I throw his weapon away. And you see him throw, like, like, stop that. Like, I get that narration is part of it, but like, that just was... You let it breathe a little bit, man, because yeah. this whole movie is basically narration, and it got on my nerves at the end.
2: Okay, so I actually have a note about this. The truth is, is that in most noir movies, most noir movies, there is a there is a narration, but it's not quite as descriptive as what they're doing here, and that like that annoyed me, like especially especially with uh, especially with that one story, that yellow bastard. And the reason why it annoyed me is because, yeah, there were there were times when it just like you just you get really just an, you just really just get like you know come on dude let us figure it out because you know whenever he's in the shower he's just like cold shower it helps okay you know there's no room for characterization I think that's what takes away the characterization but the thing is is that narration in film is is difficult to pull off and. The reason why is that it's, just like what I said earlier, it's very passive. You don't, it leaves no room for imagination and it leaves, it It basically narrates the story for you. So there's no, there's no surprise. Yeah. I think
0: narration can be a narrative crutch that, uh, that writers could fall on Yeah, where it, it could, I'm not necessarily saying it's the case in this film, but it could be used as a way to tell a part of the story that you just don't know how to tell the correct way.
2: And there, I mean, there are exceptions. Like, we have the Shawshank Redemption. We have, oh, I'm forgetting, uh, the usual suspects. I think their narration is, I think their narration is great. And and it works for what they're doing. But in this, it is overdone. It is overwritten. It is way too descriptive than what it should be. Um, Well, the reason it's like that is because... Again, uh, going back
1: to the the graphic novels, that's exactly what the novel is. Mm -hmm. Like, they take this almost directly, word for word, Mm -hmm. scene for scene, everything, and put it into a movie. And you mentioned um, that you thought it was was something that you should take away is uh, being able to, like, adapt or adapt it. Adapt it? Adapt Adapt it. it. And take the source material and do it that way and I always was like you know I when people take books and turn them into movies I was always like why don't they just do it like where I, I want to see a movie where they just take it and do it based on the book and now I'm wrong because mm-hmm. it was a bad idea this especially the way that these are done now if, if these would have been done individually mm-hmm. I would like them okay but the problem that I have with all of them is that because it's directly from the books. Mm -hmm. There's comic books, you get used to a character and you might like a character, but you don't, in a movie aspect, you don't get a chance to feel for them in the way that you do with a graphic novel. Mm -hmm. So these are flat and they don't have substance. There are moments where I can care about the characters. Um, Take Mickey Rourke and his character in uh, The Hard Goodbye, Marv. Marv! is a very complex character, should be, is not. He's a dude who is not, he's like, his looks don't get him anywhere, people ignore him, he's a hard murderer, and then he hooked up with a, a prostitute, showed him a nice time, she woke up, wound up dead. And is on a murderous rampage to find the killer. That Mm -hmm. there should be substance there and there's not. There's like baseline substance. Mm -hmm. In the graphic novel, there's a scene, or in the movie, there's a scene where they talk about um, if he doesn't do something, they'll kill his mother. Yeah. In the book, there's a whole scene where he goes back to his childhood home, where his mother lives. His mother's sick, has gone blind, has not touched his room Mm -hmm. since he moved out so there's a connection there that we don't get yeah. in this movie adaptation of the book and there's so many things that they could have done with each one except the Josh Hartnett one the customer is always right because that's a collection of short stories in one book in this uh, Frank Miller series so basically the very beginning of the with Josh Hartnett that is it for that yeah. particular comic. Yeah, you know, That's it. it. The stuff at the end where Josh Hartnett comes back doesn't exist. No. That's the way they try to tie it together. So all of these things, the yellow bastard, the hard goodbye, and the big fat kill, all of those by themselves, thank you yeah. for confirming that. No, no, no. <laughs>
2: I was thinking, I couldn't remember
1: what it was. Um, <laughs> they could have been really good had they taken time to, you can use the source material, mm-hmm. but flesh it out a little more. And they didn't do that, and that is a huge mistake, in my opinion. Um, if, I, I, if it, I look at these as like student film projects. Yeah, the student, some student in college really liked these things, wanted to make a movie of it. Boom, there you go. That's perfectly fine. This is not a
2: film, um, big screen movie. Yeah. So, well, well, here's what I have to say. Here's what I have to say about, like, after watching this for th- after watching this movie for this for this purpose. Looking at it now, I think it would probably work if it was like, say, a miniseries. Even if it was like, say, a Netflix series, because I think that would work better. Because, like, like you said just a second ago, we don't have time for everything to flesh out. We have maybe twenty minutes, or you know. Thirty, maybe forty-five minutes for each story, and that just simply isn't enough time. I agree to that. Um, but like, when it comes to when it comes to adaptation, when it comes to adaptation, it really boils down to like how, like how how like direct do you get with an adaptation? And I think this is probably the most direct you can get with it. I mean, one of the uh, the the creator of it, Frank Miller, was one of the directors. So I Right, and because of his experiences with Robocop 2
1: and 3, he was like, You cannot change anything that I did. What I did is perfect mm-hmm. and don't mess it up. Mm-hmm. And that's no, you can't you can't play that game, buddy. Yours is, might be perfect
2: as a graphic novel, mm-hmm. not as a movie. Mm-hmm. So But I just I just think that uh, I just think that overall, like do I think this was a well adapted movie? No. Do I think that this was a perfect example of an adaptation? Yes, I think it comes pretty close to. I think it comes pretty close to a decent adaptation of direct line adaptation from the source material. I think a miniseries would have been an
1: interesting idea because, mm. because in each individual book, they all focus on these characters, but they also reference back to other characters. So, um, I don't. I think it was the big fat kill. At one point in time, they mentioned Marv. So, like, all of these characters would exist within this same world. Mm-hmm. So, they, you could have done something where you focus on, you know, that yellow bastard. Nancy's a, a, a huge overarching person yeah. in, in this series. Um, so, you could have told this story while having, you know, Clive Owen in the background of another shot or Brittany Murphy in another background of a shot whenever she was, you know, alive. Uh, all of these people could have been in this world of this mini series, and then you could have created a world, and I think that would have worked, and it would have made sense. But you didn't do that, so it, again, it all just falls flat for me. Of the movie ones, I really liked the Big Fat Kill because it was the closest for me of of some kind of substance. Mm-hmm. Because you had Clive Owen, who was with Brittany Murphy at the beginning. Um, Brittany Murphy was being roughed up by Benicio Del Toro. Um, Clive Owen was like, don't do that and, and showed that he was both a good guy but kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. You had the old town prostitutes who were kind of, you know, they each had their own story. Clive Owen and Rosario Dawson had their backstory. Like they had a lot of things. You find out that Benicio Del Toro's a cop yeah. um, and, and, and they get into all kinds of trouble. They're trying to stop the off. So they had all of this stuff that, that you were able, that they fleshed out fairly well. It could have been better, but of be all better. of them, that's the one that I felt like they did the best job of getting things tie, not necessarily tied up, but they were able to tell that story in a way that I found it more interesting than some of the other ones.
2: So here's what I have to say in lieu of that I think my best story personally was the hard goodbye. And the reason why is that I feel like for, 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 uh, uh, First off, Mickey Rourke's character, I thought was flawless. I thought Mickey Rourke's character in that in that story was really the best, like the best uh, character of this entire movie. Interesting. And the reason why I think that is because like the story is focused directly on him. All right. So we're not we we have a plot line here, but we're mainly interested in this character. I think if if Sin City is nothing else, all you need to do is just look at the hard goodbye. Because I think the hard goodbye is like is pretty much what Sin City is enveloped in. But going back on that, um, what I will say though is not just is it is the uh, Mickey Rourke's performance flawless. I believe, but I also believe the storyline is pretty decent for what it was. Um, the humor was really good. I really liked the humor, and it still kind of stood up a little bit. <laughs>
0: But what this movie funny at all? What I didn't find this movie funny at all.
2: There is, I mean, there was little bits in it where, like, you know, he tosses the dude out. He he tosses the dude, uh, the cop out of the car, and you know, police freeze. I'll be right out, and then he just bursts right through the door. I like that. I think that's just like that's totally Marv. I think that's Marv. You know, uh, settling things, and whenever he's talking with his parole officer, whenever he's. Uh, whenever he's talking with Nancy after he takes uh, Wendy to her apartment. I mean, there's there's funny bits in there. So that's that's what I got out of it. I think there are some funny bits in there. You just got to find them. Yeah.
0: I think one thing uh, that'll be an interesting uh, kind of a test um, on the whole idea of making this a series is to see how HBO does with their their Watchmen, Watchmen. series that they're yeah. developing, because uh, that was, is also a graphic novel that was turned into a movie that was not received very well because of a lot of fans felt it didn't live up to the to the book faithfully enough. So it'll be interesting to see will they be yeah. able to do it as a series better yeah. if they even do a direct adaptation. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they'll tell different stories, but. Mm-hmm. That's the closest thing I can think of to someone who is adapting a graphic novel to screen right now.
2: But, but I will say this, the hard or the big fat kill, the big fat kill, I feel like has more of a plot. And I think that's what makes it, I think that's what makes it, you know, interesting. So that's what I have to say about that. I, I, I think see. you're right. As far as Marv, Marv could
1: have been a great character but they didn't do enough to make me care. No. Not at all. No. I, I,
0: no, but they did the most with him.
1: Yeah. They did because he was the main guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like Clive Owen. And you know, as much as I liked that story, the characters themselves didn't, didn't have much depth, Mm -hmm. but they were able to get the job done enough. Marv had a lot of, had more depth, but I just didn't care about him. Yeah. Like, Okay, cool, you had, you you think you're ugly, fine, what whatever, okay, woo, you're gonna go on his murderous rampage because a girl was nice to you once? Give me more of the reasons as to why he, you know, you know, why does he look that way? Why does he feel, like, what is some of the history, like, you just telling me that people didn't like you, but you never show me. You never even once gave me, like, a glimpse of people looking at you like you were gross. Mm-hmm. Not even once, you just kept telling me that- even the prostitutes wouldn't find time, or wouldn't, you know, let you pay for whatever. Like, oh, show me that. Yeah. You didn't show me anything, no. so I didn't care.
2: No. Um, it's all told in narration.
1: And, I, and I, I really think that the yellow bastard could have been good too. But that one was broken up, which I thought was a bad idea, but I guess they tried to do that to tie it all in mm-hmm. because Nancy and Rourke and, yeah. and those people are kind of overarching people um but yeah, I don't I don't and, and the 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 what is it, Kitties I think is what what the name of that bar was where Nancy danced. Oh, I don't remember. I think that's what it was. Um it, it just it had so much potential to be good or what they should have done is make it clear that these were not connected as a movie and these these were standalone things. If they were if they would have done it that way I think I'd be okay with it. But because they tried to to tell a
2: story through these things, yeah. It didn't work. No. I just I think that this this is what I came away with this movie is that I think this movie was really I think this movie like there were times when I there were to, the, the good thing about this movie is that you focus on a story one at a time except for that The Yellow Bastard just what you just said just a second ago but the other thing about this movie I feel like it's after a while it doesn't age well I mean when it was released in 2005 I was all over this movie I was like oh man I really I really really loved it and now you know fast forward to 2018 it doesn't hold up it really doesn't hold up and I wish it could but it just doesn't so
0: No, but it was um, unique for 2005. Oh, yeah. It wasn't normal to have a, yeah. a uh, R-rated comic book adaptation to, to this extent. No. So I get why there was some hype around it based on the time. Mm-hmm. Also, the fact that it was visually impressive for 2005. I think a lot of people mm-hmm. went in just to be wowed by the effects. Mm-hmm. Because it, it is a lot of... Green screen, digital backlog kind of things. They do interesting things with colors. Um,
1: people the, like to see that for some reason. The words. red was always highlighted. Uh, what I really liked was the inverted. Um, kind of, I, I don't really know the terms for it. So when Mickey Rourke was shot to hell, the blood was white. Yeah. And, and I really liked that. I liked what they did with. Um, Elijah Woods' glasses. Yeah, they were always white, and you couldn't really see it. And I thought, I thought Elijah Wood didn't say anything, but I liked Kevin as a character. I thought he was really cool. And also during his whole murders rampage thing, I thought uh, <laughs> Elijah Wood could have been Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's skinny. He's nerdy looking. Uh-huh. Like I think he could pull a Peter Parker off. He probably could have. He's just short. Yeah. I think that was downside. But nah, he was acrobat, kicking butt, flying around. So
0: why is now wait, no. when does Spider-Man need to be tall?
1: I don't know. That's why I just, is no, that a thing? I just, unless they're like <laughs> going to make I, I him guess. in high school, then like Tobey Maguire, I don't know how tall Tobey Maguire is, but he looks fairly find tall. Out. Elijah Wood is like my height. He's probably like six foot
2: two. <laughs>
1: Elijah Wood? No, Tobey Maguire. Tobey oh. Maguire is five eight.
2: Okay. So he's as tall as us, in case any of you Elijah guys
0: Elijah Wood is five six.
1: Okay, so yeah, he's my ass. so I guess it, I, he could pull it off. Tom I don't know. Tom Holland is 5'8". Yeah, so I think that he could have been. A, I, I could see, based just on that. I could see him as a Spider Man with the glasses, Ooh, with the acrobat yeah. style. I think he could have done it. He had Frodo going for him. Yeah. Um he made a lot more money. <laughs> he did make a lot more money. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just I, I don't know. I, I was gonna try to compare it to. Spider-Man a little bit since we just finished that series. That series is also based on a comic book character and granted, I've not read the Spider-Man comics or novels that the Tobey Maguire movies are based on, Yeah, but I look at that and I go, that is something where they took a source material and were able to adapt it and make me care. Mm-hmm. The characters had depth. The characters had a story, an overarching connected thing with the bad guys, each progressive movie was connected in some way, shape, or form, and I think that's an op- that's something that they could have done had Frank Miller allowed them that opportunity, or had Robert Rodriguez tried to do that. But yeah. Robert, my understanding is that Robert Rodriguez wanted to do it directly from the source material, mm-hmm. and if that's the case, the more power to him. I think that if it, it I think that the movies or the movie did a great job. Of taking the source material and turning it into a movie, yeah, that doesn't mean it's a good movie.
2: No, I mean, I mean to, to each their own. I mean, you you're, you have the right to your opinion. It's all good. Um, yeah, when it when it comes to this, when it comes to this, you know, sometimes, sometimes things work out better than others. I wish this could have worked out as, I wish this could have worked out better and I, I really do see something here that's, I really do see something here that, that's, like I said earlier is special, and I think there is something special here to take away from all of it, and especially with the film If for anybody out there who's who loves film noir I mean, film noir is like film noir is, is, is just a pure genre, but uh, ultimately I, this this fell flat I wish it could have been I wish it could have been a little bit more energetic as it was. All it's just another. It's just like a, like a late night Friday night flick.
0: What do you think the theme in this movie is? Did you identify any themes? I uh,
2: there's if there's any sort of theme that I can think of, I would have to say there's probably. Hmm. There's, it's a tough one. It's a tough because one because there's a
0: little silver lining in this. It's a very, it's
2: very dark subject material. Like, like there's that bad people are ultimately redeemable. Okay. So, I mean, and the reason why I get that is that Marv technically is a bad person. I mean, I mean by all rights, he's you know he says that he has a medical condition. But he's doing the right thing. He's kind of doing the right thing in avenging a woman's death, and he knows that something is wrong. I I mean, we can we can go in that direction.
0: I think you could maybe narrow it down more to some bad people can be led to do good things. Yeah, because some characters in that movie are not redeemable in my eyes. So I wouldn't go as
2: far as to say all bad people are redeemable, and some people. And some good people are some bad. People, well, some well, some good people are do heroic things in bad ways. But I don't know if that's necessarily a theme, like Deadpool. Well, like Deadpool. <laughs> so they're basically everybody here is antiheroes. The ones who are the ones who are antiheroes, like heroes. Marv, uh, what's Hardigan. Cart. Say what? Hardigan. Yeah, Hardigan. And who's Clive Owen's character? Uh I can't remember. Okay. I don't remember. But yeah. I mean, everybody here is everybody here is an anti I mean Dwight the, Dwight. Dwight. Yeah. So Dwight Hardigan and Marv are all anti-heroes and they're all in not, I, don't that, I don't think that I don't think that Hardigan's an anti-hero. Um,
1: I I think that so Marv is a bad dude is doing a good thing. Yeah. Dwight is a murderer. I think that's what he did in the books. I can't remember. But he had a different face, and the the women of Old Town, Old Town help, helped him. Yeah. So, he is trying to prevent those guys from doing bad things. Mm-hmm. And they're cops, so in theory, they should be good guys. Yeah. And Hardigan
2: never really did
1: anything bad.
2: No, he didn't do anything. No. Okay. He was...
1: Yeah. He um, didn't admit to... Doing bad things to Nancy mm-hmm. until he thought that she was in trouble, mm-hmm. and then he did. And I didn't understand how he was like. He finally confessed to all the things that he was. They they wanted him to confess to, which include which included rape of a child. Yeah, yeah. and all and, and like other things. But that's like the bad thing. And then he confessed, and then they let him go. Like that was weird. But that's what they also did in the uh, books.
2: Yeah, uh, but
1: but I thought that was weird. But then once he did that, he went and tracked down the dude that was actually doing the the child molestation and, and the rape thing and, and killed them all. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, maybe that's not a good way, but I don't think he would. I wouldn't consider him an anti-hero. Because okay. he didn't really do anything. All right. I don't know. All right. I guess all murdering right. is never good, but. Well, yeah, you're not wrong. I will. I'll give you that. He was the one that I was like, you're doing the right thing. Yeah. Until he started murdering people. Mm-hmm. But even then, the guy threatened to kill her. Mm. He was holding the knife up to Nancy's neck. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. self-defense? But also,
2: I mean... Not self-defense, but... Yeah, I mean, that's... Like, when it comes to... uh, When it comes to themes, that's a... Especially for this, that's a hard one. I mean, that's... I didn't really see a... A progressive theme. Well, not a progressive theme, but just a progressing theme throughout the entire movie here. And... Yeah, you know, we could probably talk about that at another time, but I'm just I'm a little flabbergasted at a th- at at what a theme could be here.
0: Yeah, I think a major theme would be revenge. Yeah. Um, each story seems to have an aspect of
1: revenge to it. Um yeah. That's that would be. Or just, I think it can also be that sometimes good and bad overlap. Yeah. So, in the big fat kill, um, I I don't I don't remember if this is brought up in in the movie or not, but in the book, the women of Old Town are the law because they, the uh, mob and the pimps mm-hmm. were like beating these women down. Mm-hmm. And so, the women, somehow they worked out a deal to where they would control that area and the mob and the cop would leave them alone. And so, Yeah, you see these women and they're murdering these guys, but they're also standing up to themselves because if they don't, then those bad guys are going to come back in and treat them like crap. So they're standing up for themselves and they're taking them down. Marv is obviously a bad dude, but he's doing something good. Um, Hardigan is a good cop who stands up for what he believes in, is doing these things, but then at the end goes and murders these people, which is a bad thing, but he's doing it for what. I think most people would say might be a good reason. You shouldn't. You should take a different route. But so I think maybe like sometimes good and bad, the lines can be blurred between the two. Mm -hmm.
2: Okay. All right. That's fair. I'll take it.
1: Would you all like
0: to know what the top ten movies at the box office were the weekend this was released? Sure. To see which ones you even recognize or remember. Mm -hmm. So this is the weekend of April 1st, 2005. Uh, Sin City debuted at number one. Okay. Followed by Beauty Shop.
1: That was the Queen Latifah movie.
0: Yes. Followed by Guess Who at okay. number three. That starred Ashton Kutcher. It did, and Bernie Kutcher. Mac. Kutcher. Yeah. Kutcher. Uh, <laughs> Ashton <laughs>
1: You said it wrong Kutcher. so many times, I can't remember the right way.
0: Ashton <laughs> Kutcher. Oh, yeah, that guy. Uh, and then at number four was Robots. Okay, that had Robin Williams in it. It did. That was a good movie. Well, okay. Uh, Miss Congeniality 2. Oh. <laughs> probably,
2: is that on the list? Um, uh. The list. It is now. Oof. That movie did not do well. Um,
0: after that, at number 5 is the, or at number 6 is The Pacifier. With
2: Vin Diesel. Uh, yes. And a goose biting him in the air. Oh, so you've seen it. Yeah.
0: After the pacifier is The Ring 2 Oh, okay And I don't know what this is Number 8 is The Upside of Anger Sorry, Joan Allen and Kevin Costner Costner.
2: Costner. Nope, I've heard of that But
0: yeah And then number 9 is Hitch Hitch. Will Smith Followed and finally at Number 10,
2: Ice Princess I don't even remember that (laughs) Oh wait a minute! That's okay. Who yeah. are those people? I one can't them, see them. One the, of them is Michelle Trachtenberg. Really? Yeah.
0: I wish I
2: wish this would tell me. Oh no, oh, we're looking cast. on Box Office Mojo. Michelle
0: Trachtenberg, Joan Cusack, Hayden Panettiere. I've never heard of it. Anyway, what a week! Yeah. Well, to be what honest, what a week with at you. the box office.
2: Um, two thousand five, from what I can remember, was not a good year for. Let's
0: movies. look at the top of that year, why don't we? Because I'll tell you this, Sin City is nowhere near the top. It is Revenge of the Sith. It is Revenge of the Sith is number one. Uh, Just for fun, let's jump right to Sin City. Sin City is the thirty-second highest-grossing movie of two thousand five. The top ten is Star Wars Episode Three, The Chronicles of Narnia, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, War of the Worlds, King Kong, Wedding Crashers, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Batman Begins, Madagascar, and Mister and Mrs. Smith. I don't know, those aren't all
2: terrible. They're not some ter- of them are. They're not terrible, but I remember that year in particular, it was very hard for movies to get going because we like like I remember grosses were down because there were several good movies that came out that year that just did not have like decent grosses. And I like the Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe. It's been a while since And the Goblet of Fire and War of the Worlds.
0: I don't like King Kong. Not that one. Well. The Peter Peter Jackson I and Jack. Ugh.
2: <sighs> I love that King Kong. Ugh. Why? It's so long. And boring. It's it's boring. boring. It's a fun movie. When? It's it's a fun movie. When? <laughs> when does it ever get fun? I I enjoyed it. Two hours in? Yeah. That's too long. No, it's not.
1: That's like when people tell me that I got to get through the, game of, the first season of Game of Thrones before it gets good. No. <laughs> it's too long. <laughs> I just made everybody angry. No, you
0: definitely did. <laughs> You definitely did. Um, and I don't know, Revenge of the Sith is is the better of the prequels <laughs> if you're gonna defend yeah, the prequels. I mean, I think it is. I don't know. No, I it's think, still like, I, I remember not long ago it's, it's still, watching it, and I was like, this is not it, great. I mean, yeah,
2: the, the other two are no, oof. it's, I mean, like, of, of, of that prequel, I mean, of that prequel in particular, yeah, or that, yeah, so anyway, that's. Pretty much all I have on Yeah, Sin I think City.
0: that's about it for Sin City. I you got had mentioned that you City. don't
2: like Robert Rodriguez. I don't. How,
1: uh, why? why? Uh, what's your, your like, beef with Robbie?
0: Um, each of his movies I've seen are not
1: good. What have you seen so people know? Because uh, I liked, I've only seen two. and the, Well, I guess three. I didn't care for this. Uh, I like From Dusk Till Dawn, and I like Planet Terror. And that's, those are really the only ones that I've seen. See, I don't like Planet Terror I like Planetary um, better, better than Death Proof. Uh, I prefer
2: Death Proof. Okay,
0: I'm trying to find his filmography. Where's the page?
2: Um. So here's what I have to say about Robert Rodriguez. Director. Um. Okay. So
0: I, I haven't seen Machete Kills, but I don't like the Machete character. He doesn't <laughs> interest me at no, all. Machete is no. Don't like him. Um. Oh, but that's a sequel. So he machete. D- He did an awful lot of Spy Kids movies. I'm not into those. I thought you liked Spy Kids. No.
2: No. no, interesting. No, okay. Well, I, well, I was gonna. Say I don't
0: that. remember saying I liked Spy Kids. I, I thought, mean, I, I liked Spy I, Kids when I was uh, right, right, right. eleven. Right, right, right. But they made, let's see, a lot of money. At least the first one did. Well, yeah, I don't know how many how they made money after that. Um, <laughs> I mean, this guy. I think he did Shark Boy and Lava Girl.
2: Yeah, which uh, was terrible. I caught a glimpse of like 10 minutes of that. I turned it off. He directed a a piece of Pulp Fiction. Yeah. But, um, no, the, the movies of his I've seen are El Mariachi, uh, Sin City, uh, Desperado. Uh, what else? I'm looking on that page. Planet Terror. Oh, go ahead. Um, Planet Terror. This is the director's category. uh, yeah, that's about it, because like I, I've, I've not seen a lot of his movies. I will say that the only movie I really liked of his, that like I genuinely still love, is El Mariachi, and the reason why I love El Mariachi is because of how it was made. I haven't seen that one, but I mean, that was his very first full-length movie. And for a movie that was made for $7,000, it looks pretty decent. I mean... It's, I mean it's okay for what it is. No love from either one of you for from Dust Till Dawn, dang. From Dust Till Dawn's okay.
1: Actually no it's not. <laughs> Man. Alright, just curious. I just remember you said that you weren't a fan. So shall we guess what the score is for this movie on the rotten tomometer? Yeah, I guess so. May as well? What do you think? Um I think
0: it did well. So I'm going to put it at. I don't think it did exceedingly well. 74.
2: I'm going to give this a 70. I'm
1: going to go with the 75 and hope that it's higher. Just to <laughs> not. Oh, well, prices right you. It was a 77. It's too high. <laughs> Dame to Kill is next. That yeah. came out, what? This came out in 2005, so all, almost 10 years later. Oh, yeah, I'm not looking forward to it, dudes. Because if you didn't like this one, this one was a, a, more uh, critically uh, hated and less successful at the box office. Well, who was asking for it? Who a lot of people, the, a lot wanted, of that people movie? wanted a second one. Then why didn't but, they go to it? But they <laughs> took too long I think but, to get there to where the Gen pop didn't care I think a lot of the fans went and saw it but I think that it took so long and they just that had interest it, had had waned amongst the masses well
2: I think the other thing is is that they had other projects in the works because they were doing they did the uh, and you know
0: what that stuff like
2: I don't know it annoys me when they mess up a
0: movie
1: they've been working on for so long like yeah, you no.
0: had so long how did you mess it up just, well, right, and
1: if you're just taking it directly from the source material, it shouldn't right. be that damn hard. It's already done. I think
2: it's all legality, but I mean, Whatever.
1: Frank Miller's involved, but I haven't seen
0: it yet. So,
2: yeah, but that doesn't mean he's in charge of the legal, I mean, super, that's legal true. stuff. But no, I mean they were working on they were working on Planet Terror, and Planet Terror was at, or uh, Grindhouse, the Grindhouse movies were actually like support I mean, they're not supposed to be hits, but they were they were like. They were betting on them to be hits, and it turns out they flopped. Like, they thought those were going to be hits. Yeah. Why? Because. What about either of those things? It says hit. Because it's Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino on the same weekend, and they're kind of throwing it back to homage, like uh, grindhouse movies, right? And they were predicting that it was going to be a it was going to be a hit. And it ended up opening up at like number four. Of course, it did. And. Nobody wanted I mean, hindsight's twenty
0: twenty, I guess, but that didn't
2: ever sound like it would be a hit to me. No, it's
1: too long. Yeah, it's too and, long. Is there anybody that's like, you know, what my favorite genre of movie is?
2: Grindhouse movies. I mean, no. Yeah, they're like one's a zombie flick, another's a chase flick. Yeah. So you got, I mean, yeah. you got horror and you got action. Yeah, but I think that was before the zombie
1: craze. I think this was right, right in the middle of it. It may. I, I think it would have been right. It, like well, prime zombie crazy. Was it? Yeah. And then I don't think a lot of people care about chase movies. Mm. I don't know,
0: but tell that to baby driver fans.
2: Well, yeah, I will say that. I will second that notion. Baby driver was
0: damn good. Yeah, I don't really think
2: I have anything more until
0: I'm, I'm next week. Are we not gonna guess? Or Are we not gonna? Pick oh our yeah.
2: Own? Uh, I gave it two. Yeah, two. So I
0: put it two on Letterboxd.
2: I'll give it out a... Out of five. Out of five. I mean... Out of five. Uh, out of five. Out, out of exactly
0: five out of boring movies.
2: <laughs> okay. I'll give it a three. Ooh. That's... And that's pushing it. Cool. I'm only rating a three because of the style. Yeah. I am yeah. In, in love with the style.
0: Yeah. That's fair, I guess. Well, that's boring. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, I mean... um. Okay, well, I guess that's it for this week. Um, we'll be back next week with uh, A another kill. Sin City movie, I guess. <laughs> I don't know, man. What's What I'm afraid of is we covered everything there could be to talk about the second one in this one. Because, like, what are we going to say? Yeah. You can't talk about the comic book adaptation part in too much depth. Mm-hmm. You can't talk about the whole, like... Telling different, multiple stories in the same way we think very much. Like, I don't know what we're gonna say if it's not if it if it is truly not good. I don't know. we can just roast it. Oh, well, maybe. I would say one thing I said the other day um, was that I felt like Sin City was not good enough for me to praise and not bad enough for me to trash. What do you think? Fair. I don't feel like I can really trash it, no. but I can't praise it either. Yeah, you can't. Tra- like, it, it's not enough like for me to, I can't make fun of it no, really you can't, you can't really make fun of it it's not that bad but I mean it's it's boring to yeah okay I get why people would like it I guess mm-hmm. yeah you're not wrong because we probably made a lot of people mad mm-hmm. with this episode mm-hmm. I imagine a lot of people really like this movie I am you're mad well we made you mad <laughs> as a third of the host of this show <laughs> Well, I'm sorry if we made you mad. We'll, we you'll probably like us next week if if everyone hates, no. if, if
2: we all agree that it's bad. You didn't make me mad.
0: Yeah, we did. Yeah. We- um, I'm just looking forward to a new thing. Right. I'll tell you that right now. All right. Uh, you can find us online at facebook.com slash okconnection and on Instagram at so many sequels pod. I'm toying with the idea of a Facebook page again. Uh-oh. Making a Facebook page for this show. We all don't right. have one. Okay sometimes I think is, it, what is what's the point point? and then others I'm like I guess it'd be nice if it were there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know I'm yeah. just saying my thoughts out loud it's all good so you can find us there um, tell your friends about us you can f- tell them to look us up on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud those are our two main uh, podcast feed sources and leave us a, a rating and review on Apple Podcasts that helps us out with algorithms and whatnot so until next time
2: in the right corner it's so many sequels and you can find anything scary